Today on CityCast Boise, an Idaho bathroom law for transgender kids is set to go into effect, but how will it affect students and can it even be enforced? Blake Hunter and I dig into the details and talk about the hidden agenda behind anti-trans bills. Plus, how two cops suing each other isn't great timing for the mayor, and we get excited about the West Valley Humane Society Furball Gala. It's Wednesday, October 18th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise is talking about. Hi, Blake. Good morning, Emma. Good morning. I loved your piece in the newsletter this week. Uh, I just want to start with that. We're not going to get super into it, but I do want people to read it because we are actually doing a deep dive podcast episode about it that I feel like is a good primer for a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about. This GOP infighting, it's hard to keep track of. There's so much going on. It is. There's so many moving parts. And, you know, of course, just like watching Idaho politics, it's something that we've all been keeping an eye on for several years. And it was just funny as I was researching it, it was like, wow, a year ago we were talking about different issues and different groups and different people and two years ago, different people. But it really feels like a lot of the same thing. So, yeah, raising some interesting questions and we'll talk about that another time soon. Yeah. You also talked about, uh, which we do have time to get into right now. Uh, Some pretty bad news that I think uh, is going to be affecting a lot of people pretty heavily today. The Idaho bathroom law for transgender students that was set to go into effect. And and people had some pretty strong hopes that maybe the court would step in here. Uh, Despite the court's efforts, looks like it's going into effect anyway. That's right. Yeah. So Senate Bill 1100 um, was one of several anti-trans bills uh, and specifically anti-trans youth bills uh, that the Idaho legislature put forth this year. And You know, we've had slates of them every year for the past, um, I guess, three years. And so this one is similar to other states um, in that it's essentially barring any public schools from allowing trans students to use uh, their correct bathroom. And so uh, a lot of people, especially in Idaho, don't know a lot about like transgender people and just issues. And so I think that it's really easy for people to sign on to things that they don't really know a ton about. Not to say that there isn't a lot of like malevolence, but this came from a really small group. This came from the Idaho Family Policy Center, uh, which we've talked about on the podcast a little bit before. So uh, students can actually sue their school, um, uh, a minimum fine of $5,000. This is what the law says. For each instance that the student encountered a person of the opposite sex, um, and then it's you know using a public school restroom, uh, changing facility, uh, locker room, that kind of thing. So... Yeah, I mean, there's no pulling punches about it. This is dark. This is not good. Um, so yeah. this goes into effect uh, mid-November. Um, and the the cha- the legal challenge for it is still continuing um, that several people are putting together or several groups are putting together. But um, essentially, it was just kind of like a legal processing of like this injunction uh, was put down for now. So it's going to go into effect. And so... You know, again, another barrier for trans Idahoans and especially trans youth for um, just feeling like active, accepted parts of our society. And it's going to enable bullying, um, you know, physical abuse, um, social outcasting. Uh, Trans youth have just like such high rates of depression and um, suicidality. And um, yeah, there's there's no pretense that this won't make that make those conditions worse. Um, and the people who wrote this bill knew that. I want to 
ask you, you know, I already know how we both feel about this, but for somebody who's listening who, like you said, maybe does not really have much of an opinion on trans people, maybe is not super educated, or just maybe it's just kind of like, I have not been paying attention to this. And I, you know, I could see sort of people being like, well, this doesn't seem like such a big deal. Like, right. you know, assigning, assigning, making sure that kids are using the bathroom they were assigned at birth. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. seem like such a big deal. Can you talk about why this is such a big deal? Like, you mentioned the bullying and the outcasting, but it seems like there are, there are deeper things here right. that are dangerous. Yeah, there are three things that I want to talk about here. Um, two kind of a bit more surface level. One is that th- this is this is not a problem. Like, you know, there have been no recorded instances in the past few years or at any that I know of in Idaho history of altercations in a public bathroom or locker room because someone is trans um, that is not, you know, bullying a trans person. Like, you know, I'm sure that there are a lot of situations like that, but it's trans people are being victimized. Um, so that's one. This is a solution in search of a problem. Um, and two... With that comes the question of, like, fiscal conservatism. And so, you know, this is just one of many, many legal battles that Idaho taxpayers are paying for, um, that the Idaho legislature has put forth. And um, I don't have any numbers on hand right now, but that number, the amount of money that is being paid uh, that Idaho taxpayers are putting into the bucket of oppressing trans youth is uh, growing, and it's it's really bad. And three... um, kind of getting into those root issues that you mentioned, um, we live in a society uh, that is just completely inundated with transphobia. And these bills are written by people who do not want trans people to exist. Um, And if they can't, you know, detransition people or prevent them from transitioning in the first place or just living their life, it doesn't even have to do anything to do with transition, they would rather them die. And they have said that. I, I should remember the, off the top of my head the name of the church in Boise where the pastor just, you know, within the last couple of years has said multiple times, you know, like, queer people are deserving of death and they know that. And so I want people to understand, like, this might be a confusing topic to you. This might be a topic that, like, you've seen circulated in a lot of areas. It's, it's you know, it's a big cultural moment kind of thing. We are talking about the creation of a class of citizens um, who, like, are being profiled and targeted, uh, harassed and abused, and we know how the cycle of violence ends. Um, And so this is, yeah, this is about trying to legislate trans people out of existence, which doesn't work, and so it's going to lead to pushing trans people out of existence. Yeah, yeah, and... In addition to all of that, and I do not want to make light of this in any way, like what you're saying is so true and so heavy and so sad. And trans people are such a small population of people, which is why it's easy to go after them. And it's easy to, to, you know, like if you don't have a huge ally, like a big, a lot of allies at your back, trans people have a very hard time uh, protecting themselves. In addition, it's a dumb and bad law. Like yes, the it's idea, poorly written. Yeah. it's so poorly written. The law, like I, I, the person who wrote this, does not has not been around teenagers. Uh, fingers crossed, anyway, uh, because you're going to allow students to sue the school for a minimum of five thousand dollars, a minimum fine, yeah, of five thousand dollars for each instant that the student encounters a person of the opposite sex. You're telling me you're giving teenagers the ability to sue for five grand. 
because they saw someone. I mean, they're going to be pushing each other into bathrooms and saying, yes. oh, oh, suing, suing, I'm yeah. suing. They're going to be making up like, you know, at the very least, I hope that that these kids do you be little agents of chaos, which Gen, Gen Z seems to be fabulous at. God mm-hmm. bless them. Yeah. But because like, how how are you enforcing this? Also, yeah. like one of the things says like on school trips. You, yeah. have, you have to have a complete separation of the sexes. You can't have any crossover. You can sue for $5,000. I'm like, I was on choir trips where we snuck into each other's rooms. That, like we were, we had, that used to be called like youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that used to be part of the fun of being young was like doing stuff like that. Now you can sue if, if a boy comes into, you know, sneaks yeah. in and you guys hang out, you could, somebody, your roommate could sue the school for $5,000. Like mm-hmm. just a bad plan and an evil plan also, in my opinion. So Part of this is punishing public schools as well. Yes, um, for sure. absolutely. Yeah, I, I just want to say our producer, Evelyn Avitia, dropped in the notes. Uh, the pastor that I was referring to earlier is from the Shield of Faith Baptist Church, Joe Jonas, who who went viral from some of his takes. Unfortunately, he is not a lone wolf in Idaho. No, no. Thank you, Evelyn, for that. Yeah, because people should know about that. They should know yeah. that there's a church... Right there on Cole Road, where right around the corner, right around the corner, where they are pre- preaching for the death of all LGBTQ people. So I also want to read this little piece here that I think is so interesting. And and stop me if I get too muddy here, but I really think that this is an interesting piece. So uh, the Idaho Family Policy Center they wrote this bill. So the Idaho Family Policy Center uh, president Blaine Kanzati, after he's they're thrilled that the federal judge said. You know, that they can't really right. touch this right now. But he had this quote that just is ringing in my head all, like, for a couple of days. All students, but especially our girls, des- deserve safety in vulnerable spaces like school bathrooms, changing room, and showers. And I think that that is such an interesting mm-hmm. and telling quote. And something I've been recently doing with my sons, you know, I have three sons. And um, we, after watching the Barbie movie, uh, <laughs> I bought them all the Bell Hooks book all about Love, yes. which is all about masculine love, one of my favorite books. Yeah. But in it, she talks a lot about how we do not, when we're talking about these issues, we do not point to the patriarchy and say, that's patriarchy. That's what's happening here. But that sentence is the perfect example of it how is. the patriarchy harms everybody uh, is because all students, but especially our girls deserve safety, especially our girls. That comes from the rooted idea that boys are predators. Right. That a, And I'm going to think like a bigot here for a second, so please bear with me. That a, a young boy who thinks he is a girl, so a trans woman, a mm-hmm. uh, young trans woman, goes into a locker room not to change clothes, but has altered their entire lifestyle, their entire being, has, deals with all this uh, subjugation and abuse and uh, abuse and oppression to prey on young women. That's what they think the end goal. I mean, I think you kind of like these bigots really kind of out themselves. Absolutely. When you're like, that's what you would do, maybe if yeah. you had access to women's bathrooms. Maybe yeah. you're outing yourself as that being something you would do. On the flip side, they're not worried about a young trans man in their eyes, a young woman who thinks that she's a boy. They're not worried about her being in a bathroom because they're not worried about women, young women preying on young boys. Right. And I just think I, all of that, I'm just going to do what I do with my son. I say, what was that? What causes that? The patriarchy. Okay, well, I want to move on and talk about something else you talked about in the newsletter uh, this week, which uh, is 
pretty interesting to me because I feel like, you know, the last couple of times we've done chatter, we've been kind of making fun of Mike Masterson, mayoral candidate Mike Masterson for some snafus he's had. Uh, but this is something I, this story is something I'm sure Mayor McLean is like, oh yeah, no thank you. I don't really want that to come up a month before election. Why don't you uh, fill us in a little? So this started last week. Um, a police sergeant uh, who's been uh, up in the Boise Police Department, I think for like 19 years, came forward with a tort claim um, last year and then filed an actual lawsuit this week against the city of Boise and former police chief Ryan Lee. And this tra- this goes back to um, an instant and an internal meeting uh, that happened in the fall of 2021, so fully like two years ago this month, um, in which Ryan Lee, a former police chief, demonstrated a neck hold on Kirk Rush um, that was essentially like, a, this is how you, this is something you shouldn't do. Uh, allegedly, Rush says that it was done without his permission, um, that it was humiliating, um, and then it, I mean, literally did break his neck. Um, and I mean, I am not a physician. I don't know how necks work, really. They kind of freak me out. But this was a very <laughs> bad situation. And um, he ended up having to get surgery, which the city paid for. And it landed Lee. Uh, like, Lee was investigated for it. And another county uh, investigator in the state of Idaho essentially said that there was a lot of evidence that showed um, that this was a really, really bad situation, but eventually decided not to uh, convict him or to charge him, I should say, with a felony battery. Just a few days later, uh, then Ryan Lee steps in with his own lawsuit uh, against Perk Rush and a few other people uh, for libel, slander, and campaigning to essentially kick him out of office. And he's seeking a million dollars in damages. So it's very much a... um, a disagreement on what happened in this situation, in this meeting. And then both of them are also saying that this internal meeting where Kirk Rush was injured was also part of a pattern um, on both parties' um, parts for, you know, Lee has been, yeah, you know, accused from many police officers of being bullying, um, of kind of targeting and... um, you know, just being really rude and mean to a lot of the police staff. Kirk Rush and other uh, individuals within the apartment are, are being accused of, you know, trying to get Lee kicked out of office and for, you know, intentionally spreading false information. So it's these two really big lawsuits that the city's involved in going back and forth. And so Lee is out of town. He's he's no longer here. Kirk Rush is still here and on, on duty. But yeah, so this is a big conversation that it's been going on for two years now. Um, and obviously Lee was kicked out of the, was asked to resign by Mayor McLean last year um, around this time. But it continues. The story continues. Yeah, uh, it's interesting timing, all of this, actually, because uh, we finally um, have had, we have a new director of police accountability. Right, After quite a while of not having, after Jesus Yara was uh let go. And he's also has a tort yeah. filed against the city. So that's interesting. But, um, you know, Cole McKay is coming in. We're actually talking to her later this week. And I just think that that's all sort of interesting timing. While at the same time, you have Mike Masterson's campaign saying one of the big reasons he decided to run was what he believes to be Mayor McLean's mishandling of the Boise Police Department. Yeah. So Pretty pretty interesting timing, all of this sort of coming down all at once right before the election. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I'm not I'm sure that not a ton will go down before the election because now it's really in court, but we'll stay on top of it for sure. 
Yeah. I, well, you want, said you wanted to talk to me. We uh, Last Friday, I talked to George uh, Prentice about a mayoral candidate that we've all had some curiosity about, Aaron Reese. But you said you saw him speak and you were kind of intrigued. Yeah. So <laughs> I reached out to you to be like, hey, I have a couple clarifying notes from what uh, you and George <laughs> talked about last week. Um, and I think that it was just that he brought up a... He brought to the table at the City Club of Boise um, mayoral forum a couple weeks ago a perspective that we just have not seen a lot of be platformed in Boise, and particularly in front of a former uh, police chief, in front of uh, Mayor McLean herself, in front of this huge crowd of you know donors, political, uh, other pol- political candidates, etc. Said essentially, you know. A lot of things about mutual aid, a lot of things about restorative justice in Boise. He traced a lot of things back to wages. And I think that, um, you know, he he's he's been very clear, like you and George said, he's been very clear uh, that he's not expecting uh, his candidacy to be successful. He's not expecting to win. He's not really expecting to get any votes uh, during the, during the forum. He said, um, you know, if I were to become mayor and then he just kind of paused and just like looked around. He's like, God help us all. Um, so he's got such a sense of humor Honestly, about him. Love, love that campaign. Love it. Strategy. Love it. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it actually worked really well because then he got this whole crowd of people laughing um, who, you know, would see him on the street and not really be drawn to him. I'll, I'll just say that. But actually, he, you know, mentioned for example, uh, police shootings, you know, this year um, in the last couple years and saying we need to have a better conversation about public safety because, you know, Masterson is talking about public safety and that's a big thing that he's running on. As we've said on the show, we have historically low crime rates right now. And so uh, Reese was saying, I feel like the public generally feels quite safe in Boise. However, having a police department that shot more people in the past couple of years than in a long time doesn't make me feel safe. Um, And he talked about, (laughs) he called markets, uh, housing markets, soulless and cruel, um, which I thought was an interesting uh, thing to just say right in front of the mayor and in front of a bunch of developers. And honestly, I was kind of like, sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you need a a breath of fresh air to come into the room. Um, And it felt like as much as I think people were excited to dismiss him as being just completely out there, he brought a bit of reality check. Um, whether people are going to be willing to listen to him thoroughly enough or not remains to be seen, and I think the answer is probably no. But he just brought up a lot of things that I think we actually do need to have more uh, thorough conversations about in in Boise. Um, and of course, like you mentioned last week with George, he's running on bodily autonomy. Uh, you know, he talked about abortion rights. He did kind of go back to wages as being one of his biggest things that he wants to talk about is when the candidates kept talking about public-private uh, housing partnerships, he was like, that's great. You need to pay people more if they're going to be able to afford any kind of housing. And honestly, that was a bit of a relief. It was nice to have someone saying some of these things that weren't within, uh, yeah, this like wider umbrella institution thing. And so I just wanted to come on and say, hey, we should actually be listening to what he's saying a little bit more because it was really nice to just have someone on a mayoral forum say, we need to embolden mutual aid because we've talked, you and I have talked about how that is uh, one of the very few things that makes us feel political hope anymore. And so I just wanted to say that, uh, yeah, I think we should be listening to him. I love that. Okay. 
you know, now that uh, Councilperson Lisa, Lisa Sanchez is gone, we don't have any renters on city council. And it does feel like a lot of the conversations that are starting to happen are around, you know, stuff that I'm like, I'm less concerned with the fact that there's no parks in West Boise, even though that's infuriating, than I am the fact that, you know, our unhoused population is growing and growing, and everyone I know is desperate to find affordable housing. So, well, I want to end on this fun thing. Um, It's very cute, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go, but I hope I can make it. But the West Valley Humane Society, who we love so much, they are having an event uh, on October 19th called the Furball, which is a super cute like um, fundraiser that they do kind of in honor. It's the first annual Carly Cantrell West Valley Humane Society fundraiser. And um, it looks like it's really cute. And you get to see a lot of dogs and you get to, you know, have dinner and dress up and get fancy. So uh, if you don't have plans on the 19th, I super, super suggest you go. It looks like it's going to be a very cute event. And if you don't, if you can't go, you can still become a sponsor and sponsor a table or um, sponsor dogs. Um, Also, I decided that from now on, we're going to be doing a West Valley Pet of the Week on these chatters because... (laughs) It's the only thing keeping me sane right now. Uh, my West Valley pick of the week is a dog I have been avoiding sending uh, our audio producer, Evelyn, all week. I've been so strong. <laughs> I want to send her this dog because she mentioned she wants a mini poodle, but she's not ready yet. This dog. So somebody, look at this dog. Dr. Jekyll is his name. <laughs> and Jekyll. they they do this cute thing where they name, you know, whatever holiday is coming up, they name the pets for that. And he is a little miniature poodle and like he has the saddest little face. Oh. He does not he is not having a good time in dog jail. So oh, no. but he's so sweet. And so that's he's my pick of the week. Somebody go get Dr. Jekyll. He has the sweetest face. Yeah. He clearly is like, get me out of here. And yeah. I bet he would sit on your lap and eat all your little leftovers and just be what the best cutie. dog. So you're so being a real go, hero for not sending that to Evelyn. I, I, I just re- it's all week. Every time I see him, I think this is the perfect. Talk for um, there are, Evelyn, if you're listening here, uh, two, two actually, too many poodles at the West Valley Humane Society, and they have a bunch of chihuahuas, too. So just like little, lots of little cute dogs, and of course, lots of huskies, as always. So, But if you can go to the Furball on October 19th, do, and if not, just send some money their way. They're working on a huge expansion right now. They could use the extra donations. Anything you're excited about for this week or this weekend? Um, I'm really excited about, you had a conversation yesterday, um, about the Boise Fashion Week, um, kicking off this week, or this weekend. I'm really sad that I can't go, but it's one of those things where, like, I'm really glad that it exists in Boise. And so I'm excited to look at the clips. I'm headed out of town, uh, I'm going to Yellowstone, um, oh, fun. for a, ni- a nice, time of year for that. needed little break. Yeah, it's like the la- one of the last two weekends that the park is open, or at least some of the park is open. So it'll be nice to get out of town. But I wish that I could be going to Boise Fashion Week because it's, yeah, I'm really glad that it exists. I think that we need more conversations around fashion in Boise. And so I hope that this really helps kick that off. Yeah, me too. It was so fun. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, it was so fun talking to the designer, Juliana Davidsmeyer. Um, she has her brand, Ritual Blue. But she was so interesting to talk to and made me think how I've never really thought of Boise having a fashion scene yeah, totally. really, you know, much before. So, yeah, check that out. Check out the furball and just hang in there, folks. Yeah, hang we got in this. there. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show and want more Blake in your inbox every day, subscribe to our Hey Boise newsletter. 
We'll be back tomorrow morning with more local stories from around the city. Bye. Sorry, I'm going to wait for this uh, plane to go over really fast. Then I'm going to say something so smart. Great.